Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Screw Spidey Senses. We got something better today. What's up, boys and girls? You're listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman. And I am Chad Sowash. And today we are blessed to have Mike Batman Cohen. Hashtag blessed. Uh, head, head superhero. I don't know what the title is <laughs> of uh, Wayne Technologies. Mike, or should I call you Batman? Like, what's what sort of podcast? What's the appropriate? Yeah, I don't get it. Publicly, I prefer Batman, or like most of the time, <laughs> I can't get full adoption because my wife and family refuse. So I uh, respond to both. Batman, it is. Have you seen the Seinfeld with the maestro no. who, who who wants to be called maestro? No, I don't. Why? Well, I, I have a, a strong aversion to Seinfeld. A strong. Okay. Well, this is a separate. Con- Why do you have a strong aversion to Seinfeld? My dad was a dentist, and he had uh. TVs <laughs> over all of his Say chairs, no and he only played Seinfeld. So I only hear like the drill in the background uh-huh. while that show is on. So he loves the anti-dentite episode, I assume. He loves all things Seinfeld. Well, that's okay. good shit. Good that's good shit. So let's let's learn a little bit more about Batman. Tell us uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the professional side, uh, I've been an agency side recruiter for twelve and a half, almost thirteen years. I own my own company now because I'm uh, fairly disgusted with the majority of the recruiting industry and how they're how how it's approached. It's a super low bar of entry with high potential, and so it floods with people just looking to make a buck. So I uh, I actually created a new style of sourcing, contract sourcing, that isn't based on hours. It's based on uh, clear deliverables of delivering X number of candidates per role with you know personal contact data and then actually doing the outreach and making introductions that way. So I'm hoping to, to positively impact the industry so people stop spending money to companies who are giving them quote unquote 40 hours a week with no like true SLAs and instead just say, hey, you want this thing? Cool. Well, I'm going to give you this thing. The better I am at delivering that thing, the less time it takes me, the more money I can earn. So like we're in mutual alignment with each other. Makes sense. Deliverable is always nice. We got to touch on why Batman before we get to the Q&A, because a lot of people do not know you. They're hearing this podcast saying, who the fuck is this Batman guy? So why the Batman thing? Yeah, uh, it's a a funny story. I'll try to condense it. So it's about Four years ago, uh, three and a half years ago, I was in New York City. Yeah, it was four years. And I was working for a boutique staffing agency doing tech recruiting. I had a bunch of like super cool clients, man, at the time. And I wanted to work on my personal branding. So that way people mm-hmm. would want to work with me, right? And I'm like, all right, Michael Cohen, what can I, that's my actual name. What can I do with that, right? And I'm like, ah, oh, my initials are MC, blah, blah, blah. This was right around the time our current president started running for office, which probably doesn't, it probably doesn't seem relevant to most people listening to this. But uh, if you do any level of research or you can remember, he had a lawyer and that lawyer was objectively kind of an idiot and a jerk. You mean the one in jail right now? The one in jail. (laughs) And he had some epic interviews where he just said some stuff that was just awful. And his name is Michael Cohen. Ah. And so, yeah. So I was like, great. I'm never coming up on the first page of Google ever. 
And so, dude, I, you know, I love Batman. I didn't read comics as a kid at all, despite what people think. I, I read my first when I was 19. Uh, it was a Batman comic. I fell in love. I figured he's the world's greatest detective, which, you know, is a sorcerer and recruiter. That's that's kind of what we do. And Good call. I all said, right. you know what? Let's give it a try and see what happens. And, and people seem to like it. So. All right. Okay. So with this low bar that you're talking about, because there's no question, we agree with that. Anybody can get into the into the industry. And don't you find that because of the low bar that recruiters get tagged with being, and sourcers get tagged with being lazy just because of the influx of anybody, quote unquote, anybody can do the fucking job? Yes, but you used a phrase, uh, they get tagged as being lazy. Okay. Uh, I think they're just lazy. By and large, if you look at a group of people, anything, sorcerers, recruiters, doctors, lawyers, uh, admins, and more than 50% of them are lazy, I don't think you're (laughs) tagging them as lazy. I think just as a group of humans, they're lazy. But that's not fair, and though. They didn't go to school to be recruiters. They didn't get trained to be recruiters. They were they they came in because there was a job. They thought they could do it. They're really not recruiters. So if you take a look at really the core, people, aren't they? Yeah, probably. But if you look at the core of recruiters who are actually recruiters, would you say that they're lazy? No. Okay. The number, unfortunately, the percentage is much smaller than it should be. Well, we wouldn't have a third-party vendor system without lazy recruiters. I'm super grateful that recruiters suck. I like I I, I, I want to increase like the quality of the recruiting industry, but like yeah. not to a hundred percent because I'd be out of a job. That's know, the right? name of this podcast, by the way. Grateful recruiters suck. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. But maybe suck a little bit less. Um, <laughs> Sorry, you asked what percentage. It's really tough. I I think legitimately like how many really good recruiters are out there. I think 20% would be pretty generous. Gotcha. So we, uh, geez, we talked a lot about the death of sourcing last year and had some, I think, pretty smart people who know a thing or two about sourcing. Johnny Campbell, for instance, said, what, 98% of sourcing should be dead at some point? Like, what's sort of your view on the present state of sourcing and the future of said profession? Yeah. So I'm going to come out right here and this is going to annoy some people. So bring it. You have my email address, everyone. It's online. You can send me hate mail that way. So I'm going to make a blanket statement and say, hey, if you're not actively sourcing all the time, don't give me your fucking comments on sourcing. I don't give a shit what you think about sourcing. Uh I could say the same thing about online training videos are going to be dead in X amount of time because there'll be ways to automate that shit and people will do it for free on YouTube, just recording themselves working. But like, I don't know that because, you know, I don't do it every day. So like, Uh that's annoying as shit. Do I think sourcing will be dead? No, I absolutely do not. Do I think shitty sourcers that people who are recruiters who say things like, yeah, I do outbound. And you're like, cool. What are your favorite platforms? And they're like, indeed. And dice and monster. You're like, oh, cool. You're not you're not going to have a job uh, in, in a couple of years. Once they get like the AI sourcing platforms down, like they're not going to be able to, to sustain. But like a true sourcer right now, look at people like Amy Miller or Steve Levy, who are not approaching this as like, oh, let me go to LinkedIn and type in the keywords I want and type in the X and Y and Z, right? The way that we work at Wayne Tech, 
you're creative about the sourcing. It's not go to platform, type in shit, see what comes back, send message. It's like a great example. We're working on a CFO for a biopharma company. They need help raising money and IPOing. And so one of my recruiters was like, cool, I'm going to do research then on every biopharma company in a similar uh, space, which is like the immunization space, who IPO'd in the last seven years. And then I'm going to find their executive team and I'm going to look at the two or three people who were responsible for raising the money and bringing them through their IPO. And then that's the people that I'm going to reach out to for the role. And like, there's no tool that's going to do that. Detective work. Um, that sounds like thoughtful recruiting. I'm going to applaud that. <laughs> now, weird. Do you feel like sourcing will exist in every industry? So we had someone on recently and we all sort of agreed like high frequency recruiting and hiring will all be automated at some point. Like, do you think that sourcing will only exist in sort of the higher profile jobs or do you think it will continue to exist in all sort of phases of recruiting? I am not a futurist, so I don't I don't I want to caution and say this is an opinion of mine, not not based on empirical evidence. That's all we do on this show. Oh, great. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Then I'll I'll fit right in here. So I think that it will still exist. And I think the reason it will exist is the online presence for those folks, right? The blue collar workers in general is not as prevalent. And therefore finding them is inherently going to be more difficult, right? Like, so when I was doing uh, uh, searches for CDL drivers and I was doing searches for like service techs for folks who would literally go out and like clean tanks for the oil and gas industry, mm-hmm. the only way that I could find those guys was either, uh, believe it or not, Craigslist or <laughs> Facebook searching people and finding people on Facebook who work at companies that did that job or had titles like driver and stuff like that. But it's going to be hard to automate that because you know who else has titles of drivers? People who like deliver pizza for Pizza Hut, put driver as their title or people who drive for Uber. And so it becomes a lot harder at that point to kind of automate a process of searching through different platforms. And also LinkedIn and Facebook do a super great job of changing their UI just often enough to fuck everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah. We actually have a we have a live uh, camera at the Craigslist R&D department. Let's let's check in on that. OK. All right. <laughs> you know All what? Right. That's not, though. That's not their revenue department. That's for fucking sure. We'll get back to the interview in a minute. But first, we have a question for Andy Katz, COO of Next. What kinds of companies should be leveraging programmatic? Every Fortune 1000 company out there, anybody with extreme volume of jobs, you're recruiting for 20 positions a year, you don't need programmatic. You can go to a recruitment marketing agency or a job board and do a direct email with your company only. You're not in with another 20 uh, companies in a job alert, or you're not just on a career site or a job board. You could do banner advertising, buy premium placements. So where programmatic, again, is one piece of the puzzle, it's not going to ever be the end-all, be-all. And I do believe all the programmatic uh, platforms out there have ancillary services to support that, knowing that you can't just survive on a one-trick pony. For more information, go to hiring.next.com. Remember, that's next with the double X, not the triple X. Hiring.next.com. So when we're talking about 
talent from a recruiter who is really focused on, you know, detective work. What is the best source for a company today, cost and really for the ROI piece, to be able to go out and actually find qualified candidates? Oh, man. Do you want my candid response to that question? Yes. Cool. That's a stupid fucking question. Oh, come on. And here's the reason. Sure. I equate high. Thanks, whoever hit that. I assume it was cheese. That is the equivalent question to me of asking a contractor building your house. Hey, what's the best tool to build a house? Right. And if they're like, oh, a hammer, I'm like, you're fucking fired. You're not building my house. Right. So the, the answer to your question is, I don't know. What positions are you recruiting for? Where in the world are you recruiting for them? How senior is your team? What does your budget look like? How automated do you need X and Y and Z processes? Are you a spray and pray recruiting company? Like all of these things play into effect as to whether you want to do something that like a higher tool whose AI is great for turning back like tons of folks very quickly to weed yes. through or whether you want to use something like Seek Out where you have much more control with Boolean. So if you're like a, a Boolean lover and, and master, like so for me, Seek that's my my go-to typically mm-hmm. um if you're like solely hiring for tech right uh, it depends where in the world but like particularly in the u.s i'd go with human predictions globally i'd probably go with something like amazing hiring if you are really a fan of paying a bunch of money for really shitty service you can go with linkedin recruiter you know it just depends on kind of what you what your unique use case is so thinking about it from from this standpoint companies have spent millions, possibly hundreds of millions of dollars to be able to spray and pray and do all that shit over the last ah, shit couple of decades, right? And they've built massive applicant tracking system databases and they don't use that shit at all. So from my standpoint, and again, again, I'm not the expert here, that seems to me like the number one source that you would want to try to dive into or at least try to create a talent pipeline around so that you don't have this black hole experience that recruiters get blamed for a lot of times. Oh, the recruiters aren't getting back with them. Well, fuck, when you have that many goddamn applicants, how the fuck can you? So in looking at sources, why aren't we using the applicant's tracking system resume database? Because we're buying these motherfuckers five, six, ten times over. I mean, the short answer is because inherently recruiters are lazy on the front end. You have an overwhelming amount of candidates responding to jobs and putting in the data into the ATS is literally Uh the last thing most recruiters want to do. So like they're not updating things like, oh, what's their category? What are their skills or tags? What's their rating? Um, What's their visa status, et cetera? They're just throwing shit into the system. And the problem with doing that is a year from now, if you want to search for people, no one's actually categorized in any way in these huge systems. And so people have ATSs that for all intents and purposes are useless outside of process tracking, in which case just get like a Kanban board. Like get Trello and you'll be fine. It's the same shit at that point. Well, we have all this data though. No, they don't. Well, I, no, they don't. The, the data's there. It's it, it, but they can't. It's it's not contextualized, right? So just like you were saying, I don't know if they have fucking visas. Don't know what's going on. All this shit is really just garbage data. How can you turn some of this tech that we have, like some some that you were talking about, 
on that data to make it worth a shit? Do you think we can or do you just, just think it's garbage? Get rid of it. Start from ground zero. There are tools that you can use to to try to reinvigorate the data, right? So, like, this is where the idea of using a chatbot is super appealing. So, uh, I use uh, Zor, X-O-R, oh, yeah. AI. Um, big, big fan. Ada's doing some awesome stuff. She's great. She's awesome. And, and Maldovian. Their tool I use to reinvigorate candidates, right? Because if you have that many candidates, you don't want to have to reach out and then deal with, you know, a million responses. I instead would want to chat out reaching out saying, hey, just want to touch base. It's been a little while. Um, you know, if you're open to looking for a new job or, uh, you know, updating our data so we can reach out in the future for relevant jobs, let me know, right? And say like, yeah, sure. And the chatbot gathers the information of where are you working? What's your title? What's the best email? Blah, blah, blah. And then that will auto update the database. Now, all of a sudden, you're starting to make use of some of that data. If you're not willing to take steps to correct the bad data yeah. put in the system, it's useless. Just, I mean, hang on to it solely for the reason of like, oh, it looks like we spoke to this person, you know, like last week, we should probably not, <laughs> not talk to them again. Batman, I'm intrigued by the fact that on your website, you actually list the tools that you use to source that's not um, totally up to date but yeah not totally up to date so but still. Uh, assuming assuming you're not getting paid to list these companies you're actually using them i'm um, not i and to clarify that i do not accept any money from any of those companies for anything i'm going to assume that you get a lot of pitches from a lot of vendors and so i'm just curious about how are they doing it incorrectly or correctly what tips would you give to salespeople in in the vendor space and maybe what are, you know, if, if someone's looking at this and saying, you know, I have a budget for like, you know, three tools, what would maybe be your three must have tools that are in your tool chest right now? I'm not going to name specific tools. I'm going to name functions instead, because, again, I think the use case will be different based on the tool within the function. So your first question was regarding salespeople in these uh, in these products, in these vendor spaces. What can they do? I find that too often these companies sell the product based on their knowledge of what the product can do as opposed mm-hmm. to how the product is being used. Got so it. if you're able to talk to some thought leaders, quote unquote, whatever the hell that means, in this space <laughs> who are using the product, I would personally suggest, hey, reach out to those folks and ask to do a screen share and just watch them use the product for 10, 15 minutes. Hmm. See how they're using it and then ask questions about, oh, why do you do that? What do you do there? What do you do there? So, so when you're demoing in the product you're like oh look at what we can do oh look at what we can do oh look at what, who gives a shit what you can do what are, how are they going to use the product so i'll step off my soapbox there and uh, i'm gonna get right back on my soapbox and uh in, <laughs> in terms of tooling there's a few areas i think people really need to think about one is sourcing obvious yay but like get off of linkedin recruiter stop using it it's yay. so expensive <laughs> it's so expensive well that's now, what lazy recruiters do though right they just they, that's that's kind of like your go to fault it's not their fault it's what they were given it's the only product they're given oftentimes it's the only thing they know how oh, to use yeah but they're crying for it though too you know it you hear it i well, need my linkedin course, recruiter they're addicted yeah they're addicted you guys were at talent now i gave a whole talk on addiction in the recruiting <laughs> yeah. space they're addicted <laughs> yes. to the way they've always done it right so one is hey for the same price you pay for linkedin recruiter you could literally get a better ai sourcing tool and an email automation tool and a contact information finding tool all for the exact same price 
right? And you could say, oh, well, then we lose uh, the ability to search LinkedIn for, uh, you know, everybody. No, you don't. There's a thing called Google and you can use that and you have access <laughs> to all of LinkedIn still. So, so stop it. Stop using LinkedIn recruiter, guys. That's it, man. That's it. Yeah. It kills me. So one is sourcing. The other is email automation. People don't necessarily realize PwC put out a study, I think, in like 2017. So it's a little older. The average number of candidate touches it takes to generate a response, right? And the number is is shockingly higher than people think. I get the majority of my responses on my third and fourth emails to candidates. So like most people aren't doing that. And if they are, it's taking an extraordinary amount of time to track who's responded, who hasn't responded, who do I have to move from this list? I have to send these out to these people. How is that going to work? So like just use an email automation tool. There's a whole bunch out there. I'm not, again, going to mention names. So I think it depends on your use case. That would be one. After that, there's a few different things I think are important. One, I think a contact information finding tool is super important so that you can email people instead of in-mail. The average cost of an in-mail is somewhere between like $1.20 and $3. The average cost of looking up a personal email address is between like $0.80 cents and a dollar. So it's, it's actually cheaper and you can hang on to the data forever and ever. And there's our money shot. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I think an ability to web scrape is important, right? I, I will call this out. I use ZapInfo. I don't know of another tool in the space that can do anything close to it. So for me, I want to be able to search on any site and any platform and pull that data. And I use spreadsheets for everything. So like, I want to pull all that data out to a spreadsheet. I don't want to be confined to an individual tool because it doesn't play well with anything else or let you export into a spreadsheet or let it function with any other tools like fucking LinkedIn recruiter. So <laughs> hypothetically, if that's what I was talking about. So that's one. I would also suggest that this is going to be a big shout out for a company because of the only thing I've ever seen like this. Check out Honeit. H O N E I T. Nick. Dude, Nick Livingston is doing some some shit, man. It is it's stuff. for qualification calls. Mm -hmm. And it has been like life-changing for my clients. They've been able to cut out a, an interview round by me using it and hiring managers go bananas. So I think that's that's probably one of the other the other big ones. It's genius. And if you haven't listened to it, we actually have done a, uh, a firing squad with Nick and Hone. Yep. He got big applause from both of us because it is a kick-ass fucking platform. Uh, all you have to do really is really awesome. Yeah. Google hone it and firing squad or Chad and cheese. That shit will come up. Mike, dude, we appreciate you coming in. Hope to have you back. But before, before we have I you bet, back, man. we want to, we want to be able to, to have all the listeners know where to actually find you, contact you. Where can they do that? Anywhere, really. I uh, LinkedIn. If you look up Mike Batman, I'm going to be at the top. I think if you look up Batman, I'm probably going to be the first one also, <laughs> or, or just email me at batman at wayne-technologies.com. If you don't get the reference, we probably don't have a ton in common. If you do, email me. Just reach out. I'm always happy to help. You want to talk tooling? You want like a quick chat? Like, just reach out. I, I do want to help as, as best I can. Excellent, man. Thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. This has been the Chat and Cheese Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. And be sure to check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit chadcheese.com. Oh yeah, you're welcome.
how much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.